Welcome to the PTSD Podcast with your host, comedian and military veteran, Bernard the Laugh Therapist Hines, where we discuss PTSD, processing traumatic situations differently, and give you tools to help you overcome the stigma of seeking help. If you're ready to be inspired, then welcome to the stigma-free zone. Here's your host, the lap therapist himself, Bernard Hines. What up, what up, what up, what up? It's your boy, Bernard Hines, a.k.a. the Laugh Therapist. And listen, I'm your host for the PTSD, Processing Traumatic Situations Differently podcast. Here, we try to inform, enlighten, and become advocates for one another as we learn more productive ways to process our trauma. Always remember, as a therapist, I am not licensed. I am just medicated. Welcome to the stigma-free zone. What up, everybody? Thank y'all for joining us today, y'all. I have an awesome guest. I have an awesome guest, Miss Richardson, Miss Alicia Richardson, y'all. She is going to come up here. She's going to talk, and she's going to share. Listen, we need y'all to listen to this podcast. It is going to be share this podcast to all your people who are dealing with children who have learning disabilities and stuff like that. Cause Ms. Richardson, she is an academic interception coach. And right now let's bring her on. Hey, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. How are you? I am doing well. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining the the nation, as I call my patients, because uh, I am yeah. the last therapist and I have a lot of patients out there. You know, that's right. And some of them even pay a copay. Come on, God. <laughs> I know that's right. Come on, God. So how are you doing today? I am doing great. Um, good. Super excited to be here. Um. Always, go, I know I'm gonna get a laugh with you, <laughs> <laughs> and I know we're gonna get some knowledge with you. So, tell the people a little bit about you. Absolutely. So, my name is Alicia Richardson. I am the academic interception coach, um, and what I do is I help um, or I empower parents to actually help their children with learning disabilities um, to build their confidence, uh, get focused, um, and build their grades. Wow. Okay. Now. I learned something about you. I thought you was a military spouse, mm -hmm. but you are a military veteran. Absolutely. Thank <laughs> you for your service. And you decided to go a different way, which we don't, we don't, you know, we don't fault you for that. Everybody can't be in the army. You know what? Everybody can't <laughs> be in the army. You, so you went in the Navy. That's right. Okay. And where you originally from? I'm from North Carolina. North Kaka Laka. That's right. Okay. What part? I mean, you know, you got probably you want to know town. if you want to know what's funny. Go ahead, say a small town near Raleigh. Go ahead, say a small town near I'm Charlotte. from Fort, not Fort Bragg, but Fayetteville, which is right with Fort Bragg, Fed which Nam. is our army base. Vietnam. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but what you, you about to say? What you say? What you about to say? You know something funny? No, that's the funny part because okay. you were you joke with the Navy, right? Like, but you know what? The, the crazy thing is, I didn't go in the Navy because I'm right here from Norfolk. Mm. So, you know, when you're around it, you're like, I want to see something different. Right. Exactly. Oh, wow. Well, look, let's jump right into it. You have a great venture called Wake Up Your Child's Brain. Mm -hmm. Now, what made you decide to do that venture? 
Yep. So um, what made me kind of jump into uh, Wake Up Your Child's Brain is the fact that I saw so many parents that were struggling to help their child um, who was struggling in school. Um, and most of the parents they just thought like there was nothing left to do. And so this was going to be life for them. Okay. Um, and so because I had changed my situation, I knew that I could actually help um, other parents to um, help their child to overcome the learning disability as well as all of the stigmas that come with having a learning disability. Okay, okay. Now, if you don't mind sharing, what's a little bit of your story? Yeah, no, no, no yeah, I'll tell you. So, um, um, so I have a son who was born under a pound before he was even born. The doctors only gave him a 1% chance at life. Mm. So, um, of course, we decided to keep him. Um, and so after all of that, there were so many hospital visits and things like that. They were saying he wasn't going to walk, talk, um, that he wouldn't be. He wouldn't be able to develop with his peers because he was labeled developmentally delayed okay. um, as well as autism at the age of three and um, failure to thrive. Like he just had a bunch of different diagnoses um, and which would put him in a bunch of different therapies. And so mm -hmm. we were traveling back. I was traveling back and forth to different therapies and things like that. Um, and so it got to the place where it was overwhelming for me. Correct. And um, and so um, with that, I had to say, OK, hold on. I need to figure out like I need to figure out something because I went in, into a depression okay. um, to where I couldn't even get off of the couch. Wow. Like I would get up, make either make breakfast or do like one thing in the morning. And that depleted me for the entire day. Mm. Um, and so it got so bad to the point of where like we were just kind of sitting in the living room and um, we we're sitting in the living room. And all of a sudden, like I just wanted to like hurt my family. Wow. Like like physically hurt my family. And so I locked myself in my bedroom until like whatever that was kind of subsided or went away. Mm -hmm. And immediately I was like, okay, I need to go see a therapist. <laughs> so you just, you decided you need to go see a what? A therapist. And you didn't think that was, you didn't think you, uh, that that was, you can't, that was beneath you. Not at okay. all. Oh. Not at all. Okay. Um, I knew I had to do something because at the end of the day, it was like, like this, that was not okay. Like Correct. that was not okay. Wow. So when I actually went to go see the therapist, um, she asked me, uh, she asked me one question okay. and this question literally like changed everything. She asked me, when was the last time you were happy? Wow. And so like I sat there and um, I could like, I could think of happy moments, but mm -hmm. I could not, really come up with the last time I was truly happy. Wow. And so I just cried. Like I cried. Um, and so from that point on, uh, my goal was how do I get Alicia from um, or to a place of happiness, but not just happiness, but living in the space of joy. Mm. And so what it came down to was I had to put me first. Okay. So in order to do that, how do I get my family situated to where I put myself 
first? Like, what does that even look like? How does that not? Because typically, like, if you put like a mom thinking about putting herself first, yeah, mom guilt immediately, immediately, like, correct. How dare I when I have all of this going on? I got a sick child, and I got a child who needs this, and I got a child over here, and married, and like, how dare I think yeah. about putting myself first, right? Dad, dads, we don't care. We 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 can put up right. <laughs> So, um, so I had to figure out like, how do you do that? And so, um, you know, ultimately I did like get a, I got a vision for what that looked like for my life. And so in order to get to that vision, I knew that I had to get my child. I didn't want to be his caregiver. I I did not want to be his caregiver. Right. So I had to get my child to a place of where he could be independent um, and actually be able to survive life on his own without me. Wow. And and it's amazing how you say you don't you didn't want to be his caregiver. No. Because the VA told my wife that she was my caregiver. Mm. But my therapist told us to change the wording. So she's not my caregiver, she's my partner in recovery. Exactly. So when you change those words, you could be his partner in overcoming his you know, whatever he's going through. Yeah, or I could just be his mom. Like, just like that. Just have the opportunity to just be mom. That's good. That is good. Listen, y'all, we Mm -hmm. talking to Miss Alicia Richardson. If you're just joining us, y'all, she is a academic interception coach. (laughs) Mm, mm, mm. Now you say, uh, with wake up your child's brain, you say, even if they have a learning disability, Mm Even if they have a learned disability, you have ways and techniques to help that. Could you speak to that? I can. Um, so here's the thing. Um, when a child is not like learning in class or they're not picking up on simple concepts, um, their brain is actually in survival okay. mode. And so even if whether a child has a learning disability or not, the child still learns because here's one thing I hear parents say all the time. Well, they can they can play on that tablet. I don't have to tell them this and they can da 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 da. da. So that's proof that your child has the ability to learn. And so how do we take that and uh, how do we take that initiative to learn and actually move it and shift it um, into an area of learning, like, you know, okay. picking up these different concepts. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, learning is a natural way of life. You walk outside and you see that the trees are green. Right. Mm-hmm. We didn't know that from birth. But when you walked outside, it's something that now, you know, Correct. because learning is natural. But we think that it's we we think that um, it's one way um, that you have to sit in a classroom. And it's only these these things that you have to learn. And if you learn these specific things in, in this order and in this way, then you're a smart kid and you're the best kid. But in actuality, that's not the case okay. because we all have our different gifts and mm-hmm. our different talents. And we are supposed to explore life according to our purpose in life. Um, yeah. Did I answer that question? I yes, you, yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you did. Because I learned the stove was hot at a young age. <laughs> <laughs> ain't nobody ain't nobody tell me I learned that. Hey, that stove hot. Yeah. Yeah. So you. <laughs> That's that's good. Listen, now, do you, um, how do you get, okay, 
as you said about the tablets and all that other stuff, focusing. Mm-hmm. Okay. How how can you help a as they say he don't he lacks focus. Mm-hmm. I heard him say that he lacks focus. You yep. know, how can you help in that department? Yep. So that's the that's the biggest that's actually one of the biggest things that parents when they come talk to me is their child lacks focus. Okay. Um, but the thing is, it's not that they lack focus, it's that whatever you're trying to get them to focus on, they just don't want to focus on. Mm, um, but true. not only that, you don't know how to necessarily grab their attention to um in order to actually get them to focus on it. Okay. So I actually want to tell this story about um this was just like a, a first time meeting with this parent. So this parent Hold up, Alicia. I want you to tell a story about the first meeting you had with a parent. I want go and tell that story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, so um, I, I met with this parent and she, what she was saying was that her son was not listening. It was hard for him to sit down, like already diagnosed ADHD, you know, things like that. And so it's hard to get him to sit down and actually focus on his work because he's zooming everywhere all okay. the way around. Mm-hmm. And so um, I wanted to do something. So normally I will not like talk with the child on the initial phone call. I will just only speak with the parent just to kind of get get to know like what's going on um, in the house and in school. Um, And so when the when I kind of like heard everything that was going on, I was like, um, oh, and by the way, like she she expressed that like four people actually like four people like said, we can't work with him. Like mm. nothing we can do with him um, because he was just, he wouldn't right. focus. He wouldn't sit down. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, so then I was like, you know what? I said, would you mind if I actually talk with him? If we could bring him to the screen and I want to see if he, I could just get him to read like one line to me out of a book. Mm-hmm. And she was already like, I don't know. We can see. And like, she was, you could already see the stress on her face. Okay. So um, I had heard him. All right, heard him say like it was a game, but I'm just going to use Roblox because that's what my son likes. Um, so um, he it was a game that he liked, and I heard him say that. And so um, he's the mom's trying to get him to come to the computer, but he's like, no, like you can just hear him in the background, mm-hmm. and he is fighting her. Um, and so like I just said, I said the child's name. I'll give the child name um, John. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, John, I I heard you like Roblox. And like his face, like you can see his face come to the corner of the screen. And he's like, how did you know I like Roblox? And I started a conversation with him. Wow. And from there, I said, well, you know what, John, do you think you can go get your favorite book and come read me just one sentence? And so he did. But he didn't only just read one sentence to me. He read um, he read two sentences and he would have kept going had I not stopped him. So. When you want to get to when you want to get a child focused, mm-hmm. you have to actually meet a child where they are. Wow. If you cannot meet them where they are, then they're not going to want to do anything for you. And I was able to get him okay. to do that within minutes. Wow. And he did not want to leave the screen after that. That is, I mean, hey, you have to meet them where they are because that's what I do with my veterans. When they don't want to hear what I say, I say, you can get a check, huh? <laughs> that got my ears hurt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that is, oh, that is, that is good. 
meet them where they are mm -hmm. meet them where they are and i and i know um dealing with children who might have a learned this their parents really are in denial sometimes yes you know what i'm saying how how can you help you know because sometimes family members got mouth and everybody be like I, I know something wrong with them but she don't think you know so their approach is totally different mm -hmm. how, how do you handle that i mean because i'm sure you probably had a little denial correct yes i did okay i sure did so um when um my son got his diagnosis of autism i was like that's not what autism looked like i've Ooh. seen autism that ain't okay. it <laughs> so okay. for a minute i was like nah they don't know what they talking about so uh, then i saw like a video um i saw this video of uh like a kid literally walking um they followed this kid from i think the age of one um on up and so i was like wow this is literally what my son did for it was verbatim every wow. single thing um and i i literally i cried like uh, this mm -hmm. this is an emotional journey right so i cried because i'm like i'm looking at my baby and now i see him for the first time mm -hmm. um uh if you don't autism if you don't understand it their children are stuck in their own world okay. and it's hard to reach them and so i didn't understand him for the first couple of years of his life i was i don't i was struggling um and so but this allowed me to really see see him and really be able to put a plan together um but but here's what i want to say to this so we have different types of parents when it comes to learning disabilities we have okay. the parent who's in denial um we have the parent who's angry okay. um we have like uh the we have the parent who um just goes into action mode and they're doing their survival mode and they're just trying to do everything 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 without taking a break or a breather then we have that balanced parent this balanced parent is actually very, very rare. And that's why I'm trying to get all of those categories to this balanced parent. Okay. Um, but, um, but, but yes. Yeah, so, um, a lot of people are in, are within those categories, but also when you're in that journey, um, as well, one of the things is you start harping on yourself or you start beating yourself up. Like, how did this happen? God, why me? Um, and you start having all of these negative thoughts. There are so many, there are so many nights I literally cried. Mm. Um, like I, I just, I didn't know what to do. And so, because, because I couldn't express my true feelings. Number one, people didn't understand what I was going through. Like there are people who are in similar situations. Um, but it was it was people who really didn't understand what I was going through, or I didn't feel heard, right, validated, right. Um, with all of that, even with having resources. And so, um, until I started speaking it out, um, that's when things started to to change for me. So you you when you're in that place, you really do. Whether it doesn't matter which parent you are, um, you have to start speaking it out in order to get to a place of resolution. Wow, that's good. That is good. Listen, because I know when parents get angry, like when uh, when the COVID hit and, and parents had to really teach their kids and they realized the kids realized that their parents degree was honorary, that they really didn't earn that degree because <laughs> it was rough. You know, you get they get angry at the child because they're not getting it. And they was like, mm -hmm. I know you know mm. this. I know you know this. Stop being stupid. Stop being this. Stop yes. being Yeah. Yeah. And then as you went back to, if you can learn what's on that tablet, if you can learn what's on this, yep. man. I see your dog back there having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about it. 
about it. He don't wants some attention. It. Okay. Don't worry about it. I got I got two dogs too. Don't worry about it. Okay. They got it, it, it is all good. It is all good. But listen, you say basically you deal with second and fourth graders. Mm-hmm. Second through fourth grade. So I mean, second, second, third, fourth. fourth. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, now explain that why why it's only second and fourth grade. Um, because um, first grade, like first grade and beforehand, we're still learning, and the child still has time to kind of like begin understanding, and it's just introduction at this okay. point. Um, but when you get to second, third, and fourth grade, that's when it matters. And okay. so by second grade, if your child does, has not picked up the addition skill, subtraction skill, or these letter sounds um, make this word or combining and, and all of these uh, different things, um, if you don't have, if your child does not have that, then by the time they get to fourth and fifth grade, it's going to, it's, it's going to be hard to get them to understand those concepts. And here is why. Okay. It's because as they struggle through second, third, and, and fourth grade, uh-huh. they begin to tell themselves, I can't do it. I must be dumb. Mm. I d-. And so they start feeding themselves negative thoughts along with when, just like what you were explaining, whenever the child is sitting down um, trying to do their homework, but the parent is kind of like, I know you know this, da, 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 da. like the, the child starts feeling like a failure. Mm. And so um, and at these stages, you want to kind of um, intervene before getting there because it's going to be harder to undo the negative thoughts that were caused in those earlier stages. Wow. Okay. All right. So, I wish you was back here. I wish you was here when I was in. Well, no, I, 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 I think I was smart in second through fourth. I got mm-hmm. I, it started sixth grade when I started messing up when I realized there are girls out there. You know, they don't, <laughs> girls didn't want no smart guy. They wanted, they wanted. distractions. <laughs> distractions. So, so do you homeschool your kids? So I homeschool my I homeschool my youngest. My oldest decided to go to school. I homeschooled both of them at one point. Okay. Um, and the reason I did that was I realized that the child's foundation needed to be built up first. Okay. And not speaking of actual learning ABCs, one, two, threes, but who they are as a person. Wow. Um, what they believe in, what their morals and um and values are, like that had it to, that had needed to be established first. Okay. Um, because when a child is um stable and mature in those ways, and they can become mature at that age, mm-hmm. um, when they actually leave your home, they now have something to base. Uh, their decisions off of because it, believe it or not, ch- when you send your child out away from you or whether they are with you, your child is still making decisions. But what a lot of parents don't understand is that we haven't given them the proper foundation to make those decisions. So I wanted to homeschool and begin to build my children's foundation so that when they go out, they know like, oh, I'm not doing that. Oh, I do want to do that. I understand the consequence behind that. And so, um, my swim, excuse me, my son decided to go to school. He's in school. I don't have to tell him to do his homework. I don't have to tell him to take a test. I don't have mm-hmm. to tell him that, um, you know, he needs to get that project done. Mm-hmm. He does it on his own. He is a A B. He is an A B honor roll student, and he is in honors classes. Okay. Um, he actually, he's always asked. I need harder work. I need harder work. Like 
you I don't have to do any I don't have to do any of that. Like right. hands off. Wow. That's good. You set that foundation. Mm-hmm, that, absolutely. That is good. That is good. Listen, y'all, we are talking to Miss Alicia Richardson, the academic interception coach. She is with Wake Up Your Child's Brain. We're gonna give y'all all the information, social media website towards the end. Um, did you have to set any boundaries? That's what people don't like. When you start setting boundaries around your child mm-hmm. and what you want for your child, people say, oh, they acting funny. It worked for me. No, it worked for you in the 80s and the 70s. You know what I'm saying? We ain't want it was grandma teaching us and grandma Listen, didn't have no education. Okay. <laughs> There's a whole different, y'all coming straight, y'all coming out of this place where y'all had to hide and do all this. There's a technology. There's a whole bunch of new stuff going on now where the boundaries is different. Okay. Correct. Correct. So, um, now when I was talking about what, how did you set your boundaries or Mm -hmm. what, or what you wanted for your child, even with, with, he had autism, correct? Correct. Correct. So how did you set your boundaries with that? Okay. So let me, let me go back and say this. Um, Excuse me, Alicia. Once you go back, I want you to go back and, and, and say what you was about to say. Okay. Got it. Okay. Um, (laughs) So um, boundaries is actually a, a, it's it's a a, a bigger picture um, from just like saying no or um, just establishing what you will and won't do. Right. Uh, When you're setting boundaries, it's for a reason. It's for a purpose. It's to protect something. You're literally guarding and putting a fence around something that is much bigger than yourself and much bigger than your child. And so um, when it comes to my two boys, I can't speak for nobody else. A lot of people call me a strict parent because I am um, because I have to protect the vision God gave me for them. Okay. Um, So for the youngest child, um, before he was born, God actually spoke to me uh, this scripture that um, I knew who you were before you were in your mother's womb and, you know, the, that whole scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he ended up coming early. It was a whole thing um, in therapies. Um, his like his impact has been so huge throughout his life wow. to, to the point of where the therapist that would actually come work with him they actually begin to like give their life over to god because one of his first words were hallelujah mm. and so in therapy the, the the therapist has to use the words that the child already knows in order to you know get there and then mind you i did not teach him hallelujah by the way wow um, <laughs> wow so they're like you know hallelujah they were saying i forget uh, who sang that hallelujah yep. like he was singing that song and people would literally say because working with your child I literally am like giving myself back to God or I am now um, looking into more of what this relationship looks like oh wow um, for my youngest son or uh, my oldest son I was literally riding in a car I was driving I think he had to be like 18 months okay. and I was taking him to I think it was pre- not preschool. I, I don't know what it's called, but anyway, um, 18 months. And um, God literally spoke to me. He said, if you don't get your life together, he's going to hell. So it's, it's like all. And then I had a vision and then I had a vision of him, just literally a vision of him standing on stage. Um, and he was um, speaking to a huge crowd of people. Mm. Um, and so um, so my boundaries are not just to say, nah, you can't 
talk to my child. And my boundaries are to protect the purpose and vision for their life Come because that's my job. <laughs> Come on now. That's that's my job. So when anyone comes um, to in, in our house, um, around them, um, it's don't say that. That's not what we speak over our child because words are powerful. Yes, are. Don't say that. Um, uh, you know, we don't watch this. Like we've had, like I've literally sat down with um, specifically my oldest son and, you know, he would be watching something and I'll say it would be like something crazy. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, okay, um, so let's have a conversation. We mm -hmm. can't watch this. And here is why I don't just say, no, nah, we're not watching that. That's the devil. Uh, close the door. <laughs> that, come on, mom of the year. That's right. Um, so yes, I do have boundaries. I am very strict. Um, and so that's why I have the children that I have now. Now, when they leave me and they go do what they want to do and they start experimenting, that ain't on me. Correct. I, Correct. Responsible for right now. There you go. You're right. That, that I'm, you are speaking nuggets because it said train a child up in the way that he should go. Exactly. So being as though you are a believer, did you, were you angry with God? Or did you question God about why you? Yes. Okay. Um, this is I real. Def I definitely, I definitely question God. I definitely, um, I don't know that I would be angry, but I would, I was definitely like, like, this is ridiculous. Like okay. I'm supposed to be living a good life. I didn't even ask for this. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I'm doing, and then you go, like, I feel like a lot of people, including myself go, you know, I've been doing this and this <laughs> and that, you know, my ties, my dad, you know, yeah, yeah, we go right. down a whole list to why nothing ain't supposed to happen to us. You correct. know what I'm saying? Correct. <laughs> correct. And then you blame yourself. Like, what did I do doing it? Yes. Did I do anything wrong? Doing it? Mm. Yeah, right. That's Maybe I shouldn't have ate that. Maybe mm. I shouldn't have said that. Maybe like you just go down all of that. Yep. Cool. Wow. That I'm about to say correct. I said, cool. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That is good, y'all. We talking to Miss Alicia Richardson. I had to, you know, your name kind of throw me sometimes. So it's all right. My family still call me Alicia. Ali I mean, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> that right there is, is trauma. We don't know folks' name. Y'all didn't name any. We man, my my. <laughs> Listen. So so you um you do a lot with moms also. So I mean, even with the moms. So I do you work more do you try to get the mom the moms on board or is it moms and dad it's whoever whatever parent is showing okay. up um so i do work with the parents more than i work with the child because it's not hard i um i have a student majority of my students mm -hmm. I, but i'll talk about this one student i have a student who is in the um they the school kept moving her up like so currently third grade um and so um, when i started working with her uh, she did not know her letters. She did not know her numbers. And so that's how far behind she was. Um, looking at her IEP, which is an individual educational plan, they really didn't have anything for any goal set for her okay. because they had already given up on her. Um, and that was she, that was by second grade. They had already given up on her. Um, so when she got to me, um, we started but within three months. Of course, she knew her letters and numbers and actually began to like read. But within the six months, she actually started adding and subtracting and really picking up on these different concepts. So teaching a child is not hard. Right. It's very, 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 very easy. Like I said, you just got to connect with them and mm -hmm. meet them where they are. But it's the parents ah. <laughs> That's taking a long time. Ah. But because here's why. 
is because we have to shift the mindset of the parent to believe that their child can actually do it. And it's not their fault that they don't believe that their child can do it. Because when you have a child who is labeled, immediately the doctors, the therapists, the school, they immediately make it a negative thing Mm. instead of saying, okay, here's here's what is happening. Here is what here's what we should do. Like they make the child the problem. Okay. Instead okay. of making whatever is happening with the child the issue and going after what the 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 impact um that the are the the focal point symptoms yeah. that's Just, being okay. shown. Okay. okay. Are the root of the issue. Right. Or, you know what I'm saying? They make the child the issue. And so, well, because your child is not doing this, we're gonna put them in a special needs classroom mm. and we're going to and they say we're going to work on this, but really it's just to let them sit in there and we're going to give them some coloring sheets and right. da, 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 and that's it. So, wow. Yeah. It's sort of like I did with uh, PTSD. Mm-hmm. I took the negative connotation of it and made it process and traumatic yeah. situations differently. And exactly. people look at it like, you know what? OK, I can I can get with that. Yep. But I, that post-traumatic stress, I ain't, I ain't stressed. I ain't, no. OK. <laughs> but you did have a traumatic situation. That's right. And with you. You did yours differently. You turned, and I said this to you earlier, and you corrected me. I thought I was a student in your class. I said you turned your uh, your pain into your purpose. You said, "Uh uh-uh, we don't use those words, Mr. Hines. We turn up. I turn my. I turn my. You done got me all messed up. I healed my pain. Yeah, I healed my pain. I healed my pain, and I turn, I make joy my power. I heal my pain and I make joy my power. And being a disabled vet, I can't learn all that. So I'm gonna say I change my pain into my power. And that's what I'm gonna leave it at that because I can't remember. <laughs> oh my God. Listen, y'all, we talking to Miss Alicia Richardson, y'all, the academic interception coach. And I know one thing is that I learned with my children is they all are not gonna uh learn the same. They are now not gonna learn the same way. I tried to make my old, my youngest son learn like his sister. Mm-hmm. Quiet room, ambient light, you know, nothing like, you know, and she was an A-B student and he was not doing too well. Right. I had, and I heard a message from a pastor like, no, you, you can't, you can't, children are different. Yes. You know, so as a parent, you think you're doing right, but you end up doing wrong to find out he needs music. He needs something to stimulate his brain outside of the education that he's about to go to college now on a musical theater, uh, scholarship, uh, you know, scholarship going for that degree. So he needed that, that music, that something. And when you said about the IEP, so as a parent, you can, uh, well, okay, let me see with the IEP parents don't participate. Do parents supposed to participate in the IEP? The, when, when you have an IEP or are going into a meeting, you are supposed to already have a vision for your child okay. and what you want for them. The problem that a lot of parents have is that, um, first of all, they're not really, they don't really know what an IEP is. It's just kind of thrown on them. And then also though, when they actually get into the meeting, they're not prepared on, well, this is what my child is doing and this is where I want him to be. Like they really don't know where they really want their child to be because the problem is so much in their face that they can't, 
see past like I'm struggling right now with him mm -hmm. and I just want things to get better. And so we settle for whatever they give us for the IEP, but it's supposed to be, we're supposed to, when we walk in that room, we're supposed to already be prepared and already know what we want our child to do in class. This is what needs to be set up. This is what needs to, um, you know, happen if this happens. Um, and that is a legal binding document. So if that does not get done, um, if it does not get done, the school will be in trouble. So, so what I heard from you is you basically, the parent needs to be the advocate for the child. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. It needs to be the advocate for, and we, we all know my, my daughter, she's going to school for uh, college right now for early childhood education. And I don't, I don't really want her. I didn't want her to mm -hmm. do that at first. Cause you hurt my boo-boo in school. It's going to be a whole different story. So, and, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I think parents got to, uh, Parents and teachers have to feel like they are working together and not yes. against one another. That's when it get yeah, team. That's when it gets shaky. But it's so much, it's so much going on mm -hmm. in school now. Is 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 crazy. Yeah. So, um, you also you do something. You uh give out master classes. Yes. So I have a, so um, what I have right now is a free masterclass. Um, so you, hold all up, you have hold, to do is just me. like, hold up, Miss Lee. I want you to do your masterclasses for free. Okay. That's what I want you. To, I want you to do it for free. Absolutely. You know, I understand, but I want you to get that first one for free. Cause so go ahead, you know go ahead. what? Now, normally I don't do this, but for you, I'm going to do that. Come on now. I'm going to do that. The power you, of the live therapist. In your audience. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, but yes, yeah, so I do have a free masterclass. Um, and so uh, that masterclass is to um, really help to start building your child's like confidence, their focus, um, and really start uh, getting their grades to start going up. Okay. Um, but the reason that um, this is free is because by the time that a parents get to me, they've already exhausted a lot of their resources. Okay. okay. Um, and they've already heard so much junk and trash mm -hmm. um, that by the time they get to me, it's like, okay, well, what you about to say? Ah, and so, <laughs> got it. Yeah. So it's like, hey, just listen. Okay. See what I'm saying? Because it's completely different from what you have been told. Mm -hmm. And I can guarantee you, you're going to walk away with some um, nuggets that you, they from the from the point that they watch it, they're going to be able to walk away and start making changes that day that they watch it. Wow. Yes. OK. And, it's and, very and powerful. Correct. And I know uh, there's a lot of people that are saying, well, I'm so glad my kids are grown and out of school, but you can have grandkids. Right. We always gonna have to learn. We always gonna be, and as and as I say with, with this show, I mean this podcast, I just want people to have resources. You know, okay. so you are a resource for a parent that you know is is struggling, and and if you're struggling, you're not struggling alone. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of things we feel like when we going through something, we going through it by ourselves. Yes. Uh, nobody will understand me. Nobody knows what I go through. And I know you say you don't work with the pity parent. Or I ain't going to say you don't, but you can't. It's hard for you to work. And tell me why that. I, because parents who are like just living their pity and they don't want to move forward, 
there's nothing I can do for them because they're set. They're already mm -hmm. set that nothing's ever going to work. And this is just how life is. And so they take on that victim mentality to um, and they live and they wallow in that. And that's actually where they get their. Um, that's where their comfort zone is. Correct. And so if you try to take them out of that, even if you pull them out and just say, here, here's this. This is what it is. I've actually helped parents. I've actually helped the child. I just had the parents sit back. I helped the child, but the child started progressing and doing amazing. But because the parent was still living in that pity phase, when the child went back, the child started regressing. Mm. So all of the hard work, it it it's it's pointless if Correct. the parent is is still feeling that nothing will ever change. Wow, that is powerful, y'all. We have had some great conversations with Miss Alicia Richardson. She is the academic interception coach. And I want you to to give a word to that parent that is uh, going through right now, that parent who's thinking about giving up, that mm -hmm. parent who's... Uh, well, before we go to that, mm -hmm. how big did your faith play in this? Oh, I had... Big. There was no way I could have did this without faith. Mm. There was absolutely no way I could have did this without God, period. Um, okay. God is the literal driver because even with doing this, um, so I don't know. I don't know. I didn't say. So I'm actually diagnosed ADHD, um, which um, there's hints of depression that's still in there. Okay. Um, and so. Um, and then also being an introverted person also. Okay. <laughs> so okay. talking to people, I'm like, eh. uh -huh. um, so in order for me to step outside of all of those roles are not roles though, cause those are not roles step outside of all of those labels and the mm. impact that it has. Um, I, I had to be fully led by God, but also in order for me to even just believe bigger for my child um, and all the, all the other children that I work with, it is nothing but God. This is this is not me. I cannot give myself credit whatsoever. I am literally just a vessel. So my faith has a huge part to play in it. And without it, nothing would be done. Wow. And as you can see, I have a shirt that says, I talk to God and a therapist. So you mean you talk to God and a therapist? That's right. What? That's right. What? That's right. Okay. There's okay. no way. There, you, there's, there's no way to do it without it. There's mm -hmm. no way had i not had that moment with the therapist mm -hmm. i would not be here correct and in fact if i had not had that moment with the therapist i probably would have gave up on god mm -hmm. and i know that's hard to say and for mm -hmm. a lot of people to understand no god's supposed to be no this is real life like real life the, the thing about it is and i'm probably about to go on this little tangent go on but the, the tangent. thing about it is we don't respect our human side enough to go and get help for our human side. Oh. We, uh, we try to take care of our spiritual side so much that, you know, we become so spiritual, um, but we don't have any human, um, uh, I don't know, human innate ability within ourselves. And so we come off as bad people, but we, we're so spiritually intact, but that's so backwards. Okay. Um, we were put on this earth to have a human experience. Mm -hmm. So if you're not seeking human help, therapy, a psychiatrist, whoever, if you're not seeking that human help, you're doing yourself a disservice and you're being one-sided with yourself because you are human. 
that lives in a body. You are a soul uh, that, wait, you are a spirit. Okay. <laughs> you have a soul. Okay. And you simply live in a body. And okay. so God tells you to take care of all three of those parts and not to ignore any of them. There's, wow. It's impossible. And you went on a tangent because you were shaking your head. I did. <laughs> and I'm saying. <laughs> but you know what, though? When you're passionate about something, when you are passionate about something and you see how it works for you. And that's why I get I had to catch myself sometime when I'm speaking to my veterans and I tell them about how therapy and how God and all that has helped me. And I get to the point now, if you don't want to hear it, I get that. I don't get offended no more. I don't get upset. I just say, hey, I'm just a resource. I'm not the resource. I am a resource. That's right. Wow. This 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 right here, man. This this has been good. But listen, I want you to give a word to that parent who is going through, that parent who is struggling, that parent who is saying, why me? That mm. parent who has said, no one understands me. That parent that says, ah, I'm tired. Yeah, I'm sure you've been all those and just every, give them a word to keep it going. Thing, okay. Right. And so what I would say is don't give up. Um, your child is still looking at you as as their hero. Um, and you're the only one who can shift the narrative for their life. So if you give up now, then it has a ripple effect. The thing about it is I know that it has been crazy. I know it's been stressful. I know it's tiring. And I know it feels like nobody understands and you're in this by yourself. Like even with marriage, if you're married, oh my God, mm -hmm. you probably feel even more lonely mm -hmm. because you would expect some, you know, that person to come in and, and help, help you. Like I get it. But the thing about it is you have to begin to shift in order to make the change in the shift is of course is not overnight mm -hmm. but simply making the decision that you want to see better for your child is enough to start today and so you can make that decision and it's okay to cry and express that you don't like your child right now mm -hmm. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. okay right. to express all of those feelings yep. and, you know journal it out go talk to somebody mm -hmm. it is okay um, but most definitely reach out to someone mm -hmm. as you're making this decision, number one, so that you have that accountability, you have the right support and, uh, you have the right education and resources behind you to get you to where you want to be after making that decision that you want to see your child flourish in life. Wow. That is good, y'all. That is good. Listen, could you give us your social media so people can find you? I'm going to put your web, your website is www.wakeupyourchildsbrain.com. Absolutely. www.wakeupyourchildsbrain.com. And how can people find you on social media? It's Alicia Richardson. That's it. It's at Alicia Richardson. So A-L-L-Y-S-I-A-R-I-C-H-A-R-D-S-O-N. You type that in on any platform. Well, Instagram and on uh, Facebook and I think, what I say, LinkedIn. Um, mm -hmm. You will be able to find me there. Um, and then also just type in and wake up your child's brain on social media. Um, you can do a hashtag and it will come up. 
And one thing I know about your name, you got two L's. I think a lot of people put one L. You put two L's. They, they were, <laughs> this is all Alicia. This is all Correct. Okay. <laughs> my, that's the whole point. My mom was like, I didn't want people to call you Alicia. I wanted them to call you Alicia. And oh, so she Lord. <laughs> so you had trauma in school. You had ADHD and people couldn't say your name. Good <laughs> Lord. They, they tried to get you. <laughs> right. Yes. Oh, I have my two God. L's in my name. That's funny. <laughs> it's, your parents name you the name that they can't even say. Right. <laughs> yes. Cause listen, I'm gonna tell you, I was so spiritual. This is off the record. I was so spiritual. My son name is Jarius. Okay. But I was I thought I was saying Jarius like in the Bible, but I ain't no calling him Jarius. Oh something. no. I was, I was super spiritual back then. I was super spiritual back then. I wanted the name of Abraham. Anyway, listen. Thank you, Miss Richardson, for being with us on the PTSD processing traumatic situations differently. Thank you for joining us, people, and you welcome. You are released from the stigma free zone. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the PTSD podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit follow or subscribe on all podcast platforms so you can stay up to date on new episodes. Until next time, stay stigma-free.